Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and other experts in the food and beverage industry about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Over the past few years, it's become difficult to ignore the sharp increase in the use of grass-fed claims on products across categories. For example, the claim appears in the snack aisle on products such as meat snacks from the new Primal and in the dessert aisle on sweet treats like Steve's ice cream. And of course, we see it a lot in the yogurt category where it pops up on many competing brands, including those from Maple Hill Creamery, Dreaming Cow, and Organic Valley. But the claim isn't just relegated to the natural channel or to products targeting niche consumer groups such as those following the paleo diet. It also shows up on restaurant menus that cater to mainstream and conventional shoppers. Carl's Jr. became the first major fast food chain to release a grass-fed burger in 2015. A closer look at the numbers reveals that products making grass-fed claims are far outpacing similar products without the label. According to SPINS data, in the back half of 2014 and the first half of 2015, sales of the products making grass-fed claims skyrocketed 40% compared to the same time the previous year. This is next to a mere 1% increase in the equivalent products that did not make the claim. To find out what's driving consumer interest in grass-fed, as well as the opportunities and challenges that the claim presents, I caught up with Eric Snowdeal, who's the brand manager at Milk and Cream at Organic Valley, which recently launched a new line of grass milk yogurt as part of its already extensive line of other grass milk products. To kick off the conversation, I asked Eric first to explain what grass-fed means and how it compares to other forms of production. The first thing to keep in mind is that when you're talking grass-fed and dairy, uh, there is no definition for grass-fed. And so that leads to, uh, you know, can lead to some consumer uh, confusion about what grass-fed can mean since there's no USDA standard for, say, for putting grass-fed on a label. So when we talk about what we call pasture-raised, our organic pasture-raised milk, um, we are really talking about the role that the pasture rule plays in organic farming. So organic farming has a has a standard um, called the pasture rule that dictates that cows must be on pasture 120 days of the grazing season, um, and at least 30% of their diet has to come from uh, from pasturing. And Organic Valley exceeds that definition to where, on average, 60% of our cows' diet comes from grass and pasture-based forages. So that's really what we talk about uh, when we're talking about pasture-raised milk. And all of our milk meets the definition of what um, some people would claim as being grass-fed. Now, we knew in doing consumer research that a certain group of consumers really wants more and they want to go all the way and go to 100% grass-fed. And so starting in 2012, we started producing uh, clearly labeled 100% grass-fed milk that has a unique flavor um, that comes from the fact that it's 100% grass-fed. It seasonally has a unique color, so it's a little more yellow from uh, beta-carotenes, the the more beta-carotenes the cows are getting. And it has a 
you know, it can vary with whatever the, the, the taste and the flavor can vary with whatever, uh, you know, is in the pasture that the cows are eating. And so it's a unique product and folks have uh, responded to it. It's um, not for everybody, um, but for those that want 100% grass-fed, you know, we are happy to clearly give them, you know, give them that clear option of what they want. You talked about the difference in taste and color. Is there also a nutritional difference between 100% grass-fed products and those that aren't? We know we provided milk samples of our of our regular milk, our pasture-raised milk, um, to some researchers at the who then at the University of Washington, and a peer-reviewed study was published uh, in PLOS One on the nutritional profile of organic milk, and we know uh, and it reinforced other uh, studies that show that. Um, the nutritional profile of milk is, or the fatty acid profile of milk is directly related to how much pasture the cows are getting. And so you get more omega-3s and less omega-6s in milk when uh, that's basically directly related to how much pasture the cow is getting. And so our, our pasture-raised milk is 60, 62% higher in omega-3s. Uh, than conventional milk, and we know and has and has a um, the ratio of omega threes to omega sixes is just over two to one. We know that, we, that when you continue that to go to 100% grass fed, that that just continues along that path. And for example, the omega three to omega six ratio for uh, our grass milk is about one to one. Break this down for me even farther. Why is that important, especially in today's situation where consumers are really focused on health claims and health benefits? You know, there's, a, there's a trend with consumers of wanting, uh, you know, natural nutrition. And I think uh, that 100% grass-fed fits in to that consumer's desires. It's more of what you want and less of what you don't want necessarily since we have, uh, you know, our, consu- our, our Western diets tend to be very high in omega-6s, so getting even less, you know, just trying to improve the nutritional profile of your of your milk is something that a lot of consumers are looking for. And so, and 100% grass-fed is a, is a claim that helps make it easy for them to make a decision. So I want to pull on something you said there about this trend towards more natural products. Walking the show floors in the last couple of years, I've seen a lot of grass-fed claims cropping up. Mm-hmm. And you guys have obviously been on the scene since 2012. How would you describe the competitive landscape and maybe how it's changing with regards to grass-fed? I think you do, you do see more grass-fed claims coming in, the, in a variety of different product categories, not just dairy. Uh, I think that there's more consciousness in dairy in particular, that the consumer wants 100% grass-fed. And so being very clear uh, in defining what your standard, you know, what your standard is for 100% grass-fed and labeling it clearly is going to be the way the category evolves because that's what consumers are selecting when they have a clear choice. What do you think is driving consumer interest in grass-fed products? Is it this nutritional component or are there other elements? I, I think it's it's partly nutrition. I think there's uh there's a lot of there's a lot tacked in um to the term grass fed and hundred percent grass fed, uh, which is what we f- focus on. Uh there's a sense there's a basic sense from consumers that uh cows um out eating the way 
nature intended is uh, what they want, what they want. That's how they want their milk to be produced. And it's a, it's as much to do about treating a humane treatment of cows as it is the, you know, nutritional profile of the milk. And so I think there's increasing awareness amongst consumers that that's not necessarily how all milk is produced. And so 100% grass-fed is an easy way for them to guarantee uh, that the cow, you know, is not getting a a diet heavy in corn and soy or other grains. Um, There are also other elements, too. There's, um, you know, when when you ask consumers what 100% grass-fed means to them, there's a sense that they're supporting smaller farms. There's a sense that it's better for the environment. So there's, you know, all sorts of things that are already part and parcel of, of also how consumers think about organics, I must say. With all of that in mind, I would love to talk about organic valleys grass-fed products. You mentioned your milk earlier, but you also have cheese and butter. And I understand that the company recently launched a grass-fed yogurt. Can you tell me a little bit about this new product and where it fits in with your profile and or your... We launched a HTST, so regularly pasteurized cream on top milk in 2012 out west and then then rolled then went to the Midwest and then expanded production uh, on the East Coast. So uh, sort of regional production of that cream on top milk. And the reception to that has just been fantastic. It's the number one, it's our number one milk in uh, many important uh, retailers to us. And it's been growing incredibly over the years. Uh, and obviously it's a, it's a premium priced milk. Um, so it's been incredible. And when people, you know, when they taste it and they see the difference in taste and you have people uh, like we made yogurt with your milk and you, you know, we get every day consumers asking us for new things for us to do. And so, um, you know, we like to, we like to meet our, what our consumers are asking us for. And so we, yogurt was a, uh, what uh, cheese was an early easy one too. So we've had cheddar cheese since uh, 2013 and that's, uh, done quite well. And, uh, yogurt was the one that we just, uh, continually receives uh, requests to do. And so we launched that uh, last year in 24-ounce tubs, uh, plain and vanilla. And that launch is is going uh, well. It's now the number one distributed organic tub in uh, mainstream channel. And we are looking to continue to expand that with six-ounce cup launch in uh, September. So we're excited about that. And we did also, we are in the process of launching, so six-ounce cups are strawberry, wild blueberry, vanilla, and plain. And we are also in the process on the East Coast of launching a ultra-pasteurized, homogenized, um, 64-ounce grass milk. And uh, the reason for that is we get... um, you know, we found over the over the years that, uh, you know, while cream on top is something that uh, many, you know, there's a group of consumers that like cream on top milk, and there's a group of consumers that are still interested in, that want 100% grass fed, but um, aren't necessarily interested in cream on top and having to shake their milk and and um, you know remix the cream back in, and so they asked us for um, a regularly homogenized 100% grass fed. So we're in the process of launching that with retail partners on the East Coast, and we'll expand that um, as we have supply. I'm curious, sort of, to what extent, if you can talk a little bit about the different uses in these formats. I mean, are they used the same way? I don't think there's a um, 
very much usage difference between cream on top and uh, between the homogenized. Um, I think there's a group of consumers who are looking for as minimally processed uh, milk as they can get and cream on top meets that need. Yeah, so let's talk about the consumer because I think that's interesting. It seems like there might be two different or, or more sets of consumers out there. Can you talk a little bit about who Organic Valley is targeting with the whole grass-fed line in general and then also with the cream on top versus the homogenized? Well, the whole grass-fed line is uh, is really a, a broad um, group of consumers who are interested in in 100% grass-fed. Maybe they've, you know, they've gotten, they've received, you know, they've gotten the message on on the beef side and they're looking now to expand, you know, the number of products that they have that are 100% grass-fed. Um, and so this product was really initially, uh, you know, meant for that group of consumers. Uh, and we weren't, we were thinking that it could go, that it could be a broader group of people who uh, were interested in it. Um, and but we really weren't quite sure, and that's what we have discovered is that there are people from other countries who come here who tell us that this milk reminds them of the milk from their homeland and it tastes the way that milk should be. Uh, there's older consumers who tell us that it reminds us uh, of the milk that they grew up with uh, in the United States uh, when they were on a farm. And there's, you know, new mothers who really are interested in the whole milk uh, for their young, for their young children. And that's a whole other story about healthy fats and the messages. Uh, and that's another just consumer trend that uh, has been happening as the, you know, year over year sales for whole milk in general, not just grass milk, but for whole milk. Um, have been increasing, uh, and that's a long-term trend. And whole grass milk fits very much into that story. And the majority of the milk that we, of the grass milk that we sell, is whole. So it's really interesting because I think a lot of what you said there resonated with some of the consumer feedback I got. Organic Valley sent over some samples of your milk and your cheese and your butter, and I shared it with a few consumers and the young mothers were really excited about it. Um, and some of the older consumers, like you mentioned, um, sort of referenced their childhood and, and how it was nice to see it again. Um, but there was also a segment of consumers who tried it who just gave me blank stares and had mm-hmm. no idea what grass-fed meant. To mm-hmm. what extent do you think there's a need for consumer education around grass-fed and its added value? And how is Organic Valley sort of rising to meet that need? Well, we're always, uh, I mean, both for organics, uh, you know, and our Organic Valley story, which is the unique story, we're always out uh, educating um, consumers, whether it's on farm events uh, or retail tours or um, basic media and advertising. Uh, so, you know, we use a, just a variety of the tools in the, in the, in the marketing toolbox uh, to reach uh, to reach consumers and, and educate them. I mean, there are always going to be consumers. 100% grass-fed is not for everybody. And so we're, you know, most interested in, in reaching the people who uh, are interested and are looking for products. And I think there are a large number of people that fit that category that you don't have to do a lot of education work with. Um, there's always going to be a group of people who are not even inter- interested in being educated about it. And 
to be honest, there's also a group of people who, because of the unique taste and flavor and color uh, seasonally, who that's just, you know, that's not the milk for them. So with all of this in mind, curious if you can talk a bit about where do you see grass-fed claims and organic valleys uh, role in this segment going in the future? I We would like to see... Um, the industry come together around in the dairy industry I'm talking about specifically in this case, uh, come together with an agreement of what grass-fed and that it means 100% grass-fed because that's what consumers' expectations are. And so we would look to, there is there is a group of companies and organic values involved that is looking to come to a common standard and have that standard be, be the, the gold standard that other folks, if you're using uh, 100% grass-fed or grass-fed as a claim, that that's, you know, that we're all saying the same thing. So is that a regulatory effort or what's involved there? I think this is a, a, a voluntary industry effort to come around, uh, to come together to a common standard. Um, we've covered a lot of ground. Is there anything else you want to add either about grass-fed in general or about organic valleys? Lineup. I'm excited, uh, you know, as a brand manager, I'm excited about the response uh, to these products, and it really has been incredible uh, to see when you give folks what they want. It's a, it's an amazing connection between uh, the consumers who who want the product uh, and the farmers uh, who this is how they want to farm, and so. But I mean, there's a group of farmers uh, in our cooperative. Uh, who are very, uh, this is philosophically how they want to farm, and they've wanted to produce uh, this product um, for a while. And many of them were already 100% grass-fed before we started producing this product. And so to bring those farmers together um, with the consumers who want it is is really gratifying. As Eric notes, the grass-fed claim clearly has some significant challenges to address to reach its full potential. But as illustrated by Organic Valley's expanding portfolio, as well as the proliferation of the claim across the industry, it also has a lot of power behind it and will be something to watch going forward. Until next time, I'm Elizabeth Crawford, signing off for Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. 